Celtics Reddit podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, aka Brittle Gash, coming at you live from Sydney, Australia, where it is extremely hot in contrast to certain areas of the US right now where I hear it's extremely cold. So there you go. If you're wondering why all your heat's gone, it's here. We have it. (laughs) Joining me from Newcastle or the Newcastle wing of the CRP studios, the Marcus Smart of this podcast, it is Jackson, aka Rickman Lives. Jackson, how's it going? Hey, man. Good. I'm either Marcus Smart of this pod. Uh, today you are sure. I'll take <laughs> winning, that. Winning plays. Yeah, man. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. It's good. To, good to do a uh, good to do a post game app after such a uh, dominant win. Yeah, absolutely. It's the middle of the day here, but we uh, both found ourselves at home today, so here we are. Some quick housekeeping. If you want to reach out, you can do so by following us on Twitter at Celtic Reddit Pod, or you can comment on the Reddit thread for this episode. Please also subscribe, rate, and share the podcast with your mates. All right. So a fairly convincing. Kyrie-less win for the Celtics, 126-94 over the Hornets of Charlotte. A few things to discuss out of this, and what better place to start than with Starter Terry, am I right? Yeah, Starter Terry continues to be one of the great anomalies of, the, of this team. <laughs> yeah. um, it, 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 seems, it seems that, I think, I, I can't remember who wrote this, so I, I'm sorry I can't chat you out, but it was something along the lines of, he seems to be the kind of guy that like when he's in there and he can get himself in the flow of the offense and in sync with everyone else from the get-go. It's far, it suits his game far better than when he tries to come in and assert himself or try and get into the flow being like someone who's being bought in. So I, yeah. I don't know like why that affects him the way that it does, but evidently, yeah, Starter Terry is, is, is a legit player, man. He was, he was all over the place tonight, man. I thought everyone was, to, to be fair. Um, but yeah, man, Ter- Terry Rozier, uh, is, uh, he, he, needs, he needs good games like this, you know, whether that's, you know, viewing him as a trade asset or just seeing performances we can get out of him for the rest of the season, the playoffs, man, it's uh, everything's good when, when Terry balls out, particularly with Kyrie out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, performances like this have to be huge for whatever ends up happening in his offseason, for sure. And um, yeah, I mean, in, in terms of impacting the game, there's obviously a difference between starting the game and, and sort of feeling it out from the beginning and, and learning how to impact that particular game like as it as it kicks off, as opposed to, you know, I'm coming in after six minutes, Kyrie freaking Irving is sitting down. How am I going to come in and impact yeah. this game? So that's I wonder how, I wonder this, like how, mental hurdle. I wonder how you fix that. Like, is that just a purely a mental thing? Is the coaches work with him there? Or is this like, you know, not being able to have a feel for the game when you're being bought in, being bought in from the cold, so to speak. Like, yeah, I, I wonder how we'll get over that, if he ever will. Yeah, I mean, hopefully playing in the playoffs helps. And it's just sort of put everything aside, put who you think you are in terms of a role player, starting point guard, backup point guard, whatever, and just play to win. Hopefully, you know, for us this postseason, that's, got, that's how it's going to play out. But um, we'll see. And Brad Stevens, so. yeah, Brad Stevens uh, attributed Terry Rozier's energy in, the, in his postgame comments, basically saying like, yeah, it was absolutely all Terry Rozier, both ends of the court. Like he was just a mad dog, just like chasing everyone around the court. So that was really good to see because um, obviously, you know, we talk about inconsistency a lot in, uh, you know, in this podcast and on general Celtics fan circles. So um, it's good to see sort of a, a small but consistent stretch out of Scary Terry. 17 points, 10 assists, which I believe is a tied career high for him. Five boards, three steals, and only one turnover, finishing with a plus twenty six. Yeah. So, um, yeah, solid it's all around. A, it's a really sexy stat line he put up there. A lot, yeah. a lot of guys, a lot of guys did too, man. I'm just uh, next on the list. I think we got Gordon Hayward there, man. 
nice and aggressive um, movements from him, man. I think his first couple buckets were, well, not maybe not the first couple buckets, but he's, when he checked in, I remember the first thing he did was he got it and he tried to get into the paint. I can't remember if he hit the shot or not, but um, yeah, it looked like he had a drive first, get in the paint mentality from the off. And whether that's Brad Stevens or one of the coaching staff telling him that, or he's just thought to himself, I'm going to just take this game, you know, by the horns and go for it. You know, that was super encouraging to see. And like, he missed a few easy shots like in the second half and whatnot. But the fact that he was like, putting them, them up and taking <laughs> yeah. them is is like as far as i'm concerned that's real progress you know so that was great to see as well yeah i mean he had a nice little stat line he finished with a, a game high uh plus 31 which uh i don't know it sort of illustrates how much of an impact a guy like hayward can can have on the game despite you know some shortcomings there with his his current physical attributes you know being that he's coming back from an injury but uh, yeah, just the fact that he was taking those shots, he took 10 shots in this game, which is you know up from his average over the past stretch of five or so games. Mm. Um, and the, the aggressiveness, like you said, just actually getting into the paint with some assertiveness and just you know just getting in there and then figuring it out, putting himself in yeah. a position to get fouled or to, to get a, a close shot. I think it was his second bucket. He had Hernan Gomez on him, I think one-on-one in the paint. And he just, he had like the foot planted and he kind of like went to go up, faked, walked back the other way and then ended up like stepping through and totally losing him. Like that, if, if, you, if you're inside your own head mentally, particularly in the paint, you got a guy on you, you know, uh, to, to have that kind of, you know, move in your, in your arsenal to bring out is really, really encouraging to see. Um, yeah, no, I'm very happy with Hayward tonight. Yeah, I mean, every time he does something good, still, uh, I'm going to say it again, just makes me feel damn good, right? Yeah. Like, uh, and the, where he's come from, like, to see him come out and finally give us the first, yeah. like, plus positive performance in a while. It's got to feel good. I can't imagine how good it feels for, uh, for that guy, Gordon Haywood. Totally, totally. And you can tell when he plays, too, the crowd loves it. It's like it's a, he's everyone's collective, you know, son, and we're seeing him, like, you know, starting to take his first steps and getting better and better <laughs> and stuff like that. You t- take yeah. the whole the whole leg break shit or whatever out of it beforehand. But, um, yeah, everyone, you can tell everyone just is so behind him and just wants him to succeed so bad. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh, I thought I had a, a Reddit shout-out here for someone who was talking about Gordy Hayward, but it uh, looks like I haven't added that. So, sorry, uh, hypothetical Reddit user. Um, <laughs> we have to, we've got to move on to the Jays, JB and JT. Jalen Brown like continues to be incredible off the bench. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about do we insert him into the starting lineup and, and sort of sidebar. Book had a, a fairly decent game today for the first time in a while. Mm. Um, it looks like, like Jalen Brown is becoming really comfortable in this role, 24 points, 10 boards, and, and one epic reverse double clutch dunk. Look at Flyer with the short shots and the, and the flat top there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty sweet. I liked his shoes too. He had like some Adidas sort of rainbow yellowish. I, I, can't, I need to see a close-up of them too, but I dug those, man. But yeah, man, Jalen's like just looked a totally different player um, the last was a month, I'd say, or something like that. I wonder yeah. if I, that, that whole thing about his hand was injured and he was like playing through the pain. I'm really starting to like kind of buy into that, whether that was the, the whole reason or just merely a piece of it and everything else was around his game, why he was struggling. But like whatever it is, man, he looks like he's gotten well over it because he's, he's playing so well. And it's, it, it's, almost hard to, it's almost hard to believe that he was so passive and terrible, just wasn't yeah. impacted yeah terrible you can say it outright um just just like what like six weeks ago so yeah whatever he's doing man keep, keep at it because he's, he's having an amazing game and like i did not think after the first quarter that we would be talking about you know jalen brown probably before tatum mm. because man tatum came out like an absolute house on fire like the variety of shots that he was hitting in the first quarter i was i was making notes i was so inspired man yeah like, let's, he had, let's hear him yeah man he had um he had a three which is always good. Um, there was a, there was a long two. I think he like he had a he was 
faced up dribbled with someone and like kind of it didn't quite you know cross him up but like you know took that um it was like a baseline long two uh that went in uh he had that he does this a couple times too he'll 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 jam it down or he'll put someone on a poster but like he doesn't throw it down with a lot of authority it kind of like rattles around the ring like two or three times and then goes down i can remember it a couple of times three or four times throughout (laughs) his career that's happened but they go down so whatever um, the reverse layup, I think he had a cut in, I think it was for a pass from Al Horford and he came in and reverse layup that and yeah, and, and the floater at the end too, like I said, I'm reading, <laughs> I'm reading these as I'm, ma- as I'm making them. So just a good variety <laughs> of, of shots and, and offense from Tatum and, um, you know, he just looked so confident out there. Um, shame he couldn't continue that kind of streak throughout the game, but like, I mean, th- this whole game was just a massive collective effort and it felt like Tatum did his part in the first half and the other guys took over in the second. Yeah, yeah, Tatum. Variety is the spice of life. And, yeah. you know, he's not just um, dropping these these long two ISO shots on us anymore. He's kind of, you know, he still has those, but they're sort of evenly paced out, uh, you know, along with his other the other shots in his arsenal. So it's really good to see yeah. him. It kind of builds excitement for when he does take a guy ISO, and now it's acceptable and it's kind of fun. It's amazing how far he's come in this, yeah, this season it, alone. It's less predictable that it's just going to be like a, a cross up, you know, long two and stuff. You know, you know, he's he's got he's he's bringing in other moves, and I think it would we would be absolutely it would be criminal for us not to mention the third quarter Terry Rozier lob <laughs> yes. that he threw down. We'll call it one hand and threw down so mean and like just caught the ball on the way down too, threw it away like it was fucking nothing. So sweet, <laughs> like that was. I think that was there was so many good players that game. I think I remember that one the clearest. Like that was that was nice. Yeah, definitely the Rosier throwing like the the lob of the season, like at least for the Celtics. Which you know, if you had to nominate you know a a candidate for for that award, Terry Rozier is is not a name that springs to mind. But he, no. he got it in the right place, and and you know Tatum's got some mitts on him, right? So he caught that ball one handed and, and threw it down. He had like the the leg flare going on as well. It was like just a cool looking dunk. So uh, that was good. And then the third quarter in general, right? So. Um, it was kind of close at the end of the first half, and then we just absolutely blitzed them in in the second half, and, and that started with the third quarter. The entire quarter was a run, thirty five to sixteen, like we just absolutely yeah. killed them defensively, just completely shut them down, sort of moving between some tight, like real high hustle man to man, and then following that up with a bit of zone defense mixed in as well, which just completely discombobulated them. Um, yeah, yeah. That was just, the energy in the third quarter was was just unreal, and we were just slicing through them. Like I did totally forget that that was a, a rather sort of close game in the first half. So I think I think I wrote on our chat like they're the ultimate sort of hang around team, the Charlotte Hornets. Like we just we were we we would go on this like great run, be up eleven, and then they would come back with a run of their own, and it would, the lead would be down to two. And then I think they got the lead uh, towards the end there before we pulled away again. So you know they. If, if if we didn't play as well as we did, I thought that that game could have potentially been a massive struggle. But man, that we were just irresistible in that in that in that second half, really, but particularly the third quarter. Yeah, and a couple of things that we've mentioned after wins against some some bad teams, like I know the Brooklyn Nets are like decent this year, but they've been riddled by injuries and, and therefore, I guess for now, fall under that that subpar team uh, category. But mm. something that's been really exciting about these wins against teams of that level has been like how. Like even if we get to a close game and it's the end of the first half or the third quarter, we we have this like extra gear that we can go to now and just go okay, like it's time time to win this game. It's winning yeah. time. Let's let's do it. Let's put them it, away and and we do consistently. It, it's starting to look more and more like dress rehearsals for the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like in the sense that you know you've got to you've got to save your your best for like that period of time and you've got to save your best of your best for like the crunch moments and stuff. So the way that we're trending in the last few games where we like exactly like you've just said 
is really encouraging. It shows that there is like a bigger picture thinking going on here. We're not just trying to like go out there and win games because that's what you do. You know, there's a there's some thought behind it, and you know, we would probably never doubt of that to begin with. But it's nice <laughs> to see it. It's nice to see it, and you actually start to come to come through. Yeah, I think uh, Brad Stevens in his post game comments said he's encouraged but not overjoyed. It might have been the other way around, overjoyed but not encouraged. Pretty sure it's the former, uh, which is to say, this is great, but yeah, until the guys keep doing it on a consistent basis and and then joe shout out to joe who's not with us today obviously um until the guys do it on a consistent basis over a you know 20 game sample size or something then it's nothing to get too excited about but but brad stevens is um a known stoic um so you know we can get excited about these things i guess is what i'm saying that's what we're here to talk yeah. about I wanna, the day the, the day brad stevens is like visibly excited about something i'm gonna think like we're on to something real special you yeah. know what i mean it's like oh shit if he's if he's up for this then it must be real <laughs> that's what makes that gif so awesome i think when he was coaching a butler and it's him like running into the locker room and bumping chests with all the players yeah. in there and getting all hyped that's uh, i just want i i don't want to i don't want to jinx or, or like you know get too far carried away to fantasy but just imagine like the banner 18 like the parade through boston and stuff and like he's got his shirt up and he's like chugging a beer or something. Just, <laughs> no one abs. saw it coming, but he's a, he's a massive party animal, but he has to win first. So <laughs> let's make uh, that happen. Let's make that, let's do that for Brad. Yeah. I need that in my life. Yes, please. I want to rattle off a couple of quick stats here before we move on. So uh, like I said, 63 to 35, second half. The C's shot 56% in the game. And I'm looking down the shooting percentages now and it looks like basically no one shot under 50%. A couple of guys no. on 50% exactly, except for... Um, Marcus Smart, 16.7%. Not, not a great shooting game for him. Still finished a plus 22 when he had that like sick falling out of bounds, punched the ball back into the field of play to Mook, I think, which then finished yeah. with a, a fast break dunk. And incredible that was, play. And that first pass part of that play was, uh, was, the, the steal, was a steal off uh, Kemba Walker, who he chased down, by the way, too. Like That was out of this world. You, you don't mind Smart not putting up the numbers. Like when he does, it's like it's found money. It's like, oh my God, like he's doing all this and hitting threes and all this kind of shit. But yeah. like when everyone else has a great scoring night, like you, don't, you just don't need him to, to be contributing like that. Like, they, like you said, that play there, that's how Marcus Smart contributes. And it was, it's, it's, he reminds you of it all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's why the the whole shooting aspect of his game that is sort of bubbling up to the surface is so exciting, right? Because like this, what we saw today, what's your shooting line here? One for six, still a plus 22. Like that's still a great game for Marcus Smart. And that's the, I guess, the the quality of Marcus Smart that we've been used to prior to the season. So yeah, still a great game despite the shooting. It's a Draymond and, Green sort of stat line looking, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, winning players and all that. Absolutely. So Celtics out-rebounded re- out the Hornets, 53-31. to 31. Uh, Points in the paint, 64-42. to 42, And the assists uh, differential was 34-20. to 20. So just a, an absolute shellacking. Kind of a nice game to, uh, to lay, around, lay around and uh, try and stay cool and, yeah. Uh, and yeah, just witness. <laughs> Those assist numbers, man. As soon as we hit like above 30, that's like, you know, you, you probably don't even need to look at the score. You just, you just show me what the assist numbers were at the end of every game. If it's plus 30, I know we probably stomped them. So... And like I think, what was that? What was that run we had? It was like six games straight, thirty plus assists, and we were unbeaten in that run too. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly. that's clearly the key. Obviously, like sharing the ball and passing around is good in a basketball game. Who would have thought? But yeah, when we do it, man, we look, we just look outrageous. Yeah, and look, a couple of convincing wins during this sort of shitty Anthony Davis time is is really what the doctor ordered, right? Like at least mm. it's nice to know that like our house is in is in order and um, the things that we can control, we are managing well. So. Anyway, look, before we move on to the Reddit recap, I want to get to a couple of post-game thread comments. User Hyton35 wrote, Why Kyrie looking so sad? And there's a few uh, theories from other Reddit users who have replied to that comment. The user MJ Rocky wrote, He wanted Yabu to drop the hammer on someone. 
user Capto Commando writes, Kyrie is a competitive guy. I'm sure he would rather be out there winning with his team instead of on the bench, which I think is probably the most likely take, um, although the least dramatic. And user Elite Speak writes, he wants to contribute to the beating, which is also quite likely. Yeah. So Kyrie, you know, he looks quite sad after this game. He kind of stormed off to the locker room. A couple of high fives with the fans, but nothing, nothing too serious. Uh, and the same in the game prior against the Nets. Have you got any theories there? Anything that might be going on in Kyrie Irving's life? Yeah. Any sort of media drama I, spinning I around his I, head? I think I know, man. I think I know. I think Danny Ainge <laughs> said, "Hey, man, you're gonna have to like start packing you up and selling your house because we're trading you for Anthony Davis." <laughs> Whoa. Sorry, dude. No, 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 of course not. I mean, yeah, it's. It, I remember plenty of times where he's been smiling and clapping it up on the bench and like pumping the guys up too. So to see him like kind of a little bit uh, sullen, I got to admit, I, I like, I, I missed, I missed it. I mean, I, I saw him on the bench a couple of times and yeah, he wasn't smiling, but I didn't see him like storm off or do anything like that. But you never, you never know, man. He might, he might, there might be some other shit going on in his life. He might've eaten something bad earlier. You know, there's, <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a litany of reasons why he could be looking upset. I think like reading into it and saying that it's something deeper is, you know, probably not the case, but yeah, man, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'd say, I'd say it's probably, I'd say it's nothing to, I'd say it's nothing to read into. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's what that's what we do, right? We uh, we we read into these things. I shouldn't uh, say, yeah, you shouldn't read into it because we we specialize in reading into things. So <laughs> no, but I mean, but you're right. Like we do it, and it's fun, but like really, we shouldn't. So anyway, someone else added a comment there um, to that that comment thread by Hardson Thirty Five, basically saying that he thinks that Kyrie Irving has a little bit of RBF or resting bitch face. I think there's a little bit of merit to that. Like he's he's a pretty, I don't know, grumpy looking guy at, at times. Yeah. So a um, little bit yeah. of that. Theory I just thought of. Do you ever like? You ever seen the coach or like, or maybe there's like like a parent out there that like when the the the, the son does doing a lot of family analogies in this one for some reason. Um, <laughs> like when they play really well, but they don't have a perfect game, they're kind of like going hard on them. I just wonder if Kyrie was going to go back to like the the locker room and just wait for Terry to come in. He's like all smiling, like yeah, I had a good game, and then he like you know starts picking on him for things that he did. Sit down, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just to just to kind of get that extra level out of him. I mean, I I would like to believe that that was the case. He's like he's he's trying to amp up Terry and get him to the next level, but um. Yeah, it's probably. I'm it's probably nothing. I'm grinding this to a halt. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's, Sorry. We need to move on. Uh, so, user full and t hero. I promise. I think that's the correct pronunciation. Thirty-three assists, ten steals, seven blocks. Just amazing team basketball. The most encouraging sign was when Charlotte took the lead, and we just buried them after that. Very excited to see how we're starting to click which is a great way to end this initial segment yeah, yeah. of the podcast talking about the Hornets game because, uh, you know, I probably, if you, if you listen to this podcast long enough, probably um, am known to get very excited very quickly. Um, just ask my wife. Hey, oh, but, uh, oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, think, um, I think this uh, user whose name I'm not going to repeat um, has a point. Like we're starting to click. It's, uh, it's good times. We may be turning the corner despite the, uh, the media frenzy and our uh, circus and whatnot going yeah. on around us. Yeah, and you always you always kind of expect it to happen around about the All Star break, or whether it's just before or just after. Like this is when like we start to see what teams are really about. So I think that's yeah. um I'd like to believe that that's what's happening here with, with us. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, we're gonna take a very quick break, and we'll be back in a moment for the Reddit recap. Welcome back. We're going to get straight into it with the Reddit recap. And user Kyrie Irving678 has posted a tweet to the Celtics subreddit, tweeted by the legendary Lakers account, and it's quoting Adrian Wojnarowski. It says, Woj, 
just said on ESPN that the Pelicans have no interest in trading with the Lakers. Celtics called and told them that everyone besides Kyrie is available. Be patient. Yeah, you would expect that to, to come out. I mean, I'm still, we had the big long episode the other day talking about, you know, all of our theories about whatnot. Like, I, there's no way I, I think the trade is happening, you know, before this deadline. So for the Celtics to call and tell them, hey, you know, we've got all these guys, all these assets available. So why don't you just, you know, pump the brakes a little bit? You would expect yeah. that to be the, the situation, right? Yeah, uh, it's, no one's really like blocked the dam. The information uh, has not like slowed down at all. It just continues to come out. And this is just an, another tweet and a, and a sea of tweets covering this topic. But from the Celtics perspective, like I would hope that if they really want to trade for AD, like of course they're going to say to the Pelicans, we'll give you everything. Like, sure, wait till after the trade deadline. We'll give you anything you want. Psych. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, as long as they wait and get past the trade deadline, then we can revisit those talks and be like, yeah, actually, not really keen on I'm giving you Jalen Brown yeah, exactly. or Jason Tatum or whatever. Just like get to the finish line, right? And then get to a position where we can where we can start to bid on the ultimate warrior, uh, Anthony Davis, and um, and start to get involved. And in the meantime, just got to keep throwing shade out there. I mean, there was a tweet by Rick Butcher. I think I'm saying his name correctly there. And it was basically along the lines of like um, Kyrie Irving, you know, might want to play with the Lakers or his his future. I think it was there was growing uncertainty about Kyrie Irving's future with the Celtics, and that's you know a bit of a, a shock to hear immediately but then you start to apply some common sense to the situation like of course that's just noise that's being thrown out by the lakers or ad's people to try and mighty the waters and and throw the advantage back on on, into their end of the court um and so now that we've had a couple of days where all of this information is coming out and there's like different things being said all over the place by different people you can finally kind of now take a step back and just be like whatever like it's kind of all bullshit, right? Like, it's cool that mm. the information comes out and you can be like, oh, this, like, this dramatic thing has occurred and, like, I wonder what's going on here, but, like, really, we don't know anything. It's, it's this weird sort of, like, information war between, basically, there's three parties involved. Obviously, other teams are involved too, but at the moment, it seems to all, all be about the Lakers and the Pelicans with the Celtics sort of as, like, you know, the other woman or something like that. Uh-huh. And, and it's just being, like, all these journalists and all these bloggers and, like, you know, the media in general just seem to be, like, you know, there seems to be like all this. Oh, he wants to go to Lakers. He wants to go to Lakers now. They're going to do it. They're going to do this, and then it's coming back saying like, no, they they would have to wait because they want the Celtics involved. And it just is like it's like all this big back and forth between noise. everyone. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's total noise. And I mean, yeah, the, the common sense thing is obviously Pelicans won't trade until the off season because they want to. They basically they know the Celtics have the most to offer. So why would they do it before they can see what is theoretically going to be the best offer? But you know, a game like this tonight where you had all of the guys really playing at a, at a at a very decent level. Like I just wonder if the Pelicans had an eye on this game and they were just kind of looking around the room being like, okay, yeah, we could do something with with a Jalen Brown or a Jason Tatum or a, or a Marcus Smart or whoever it ends up being. Um so I yeah. think yeah, I think I think if if the guys if if our guys play well, like particularly in like the immediate future the next few days, that's just going to be even more, you know, uh incentive for New Orleans to hold off and 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 wait to to hear what our real offer will be um once the season's over. Yeah, and we've been, obviously, we talked through um, like our Google Hangouts chat throughout the week and, and something that we were talking about a couple of days ago was, I guess the worst case scenario, barring an unpredictable injury and, and that kind of thing, is that we keep almost exactly our same roster heading into the next season. Like no trade occurs and we keep essentially all of our guys, bar maybe Rogier and, and Mook, although the way that he's playing, maybe we will be able to reinforce <laughs> to sign him, but that's a Perhaps, story yeah. for another day. <laughs> Um, that that's the worst case scenario, right? And then then you can start to do things like, okay, well, what's the best case scenario? Do we sign AD and and who do we have to give up for him and that kind of thing? But like, we're not in a in a bad position here, given 
you know, what is the worst that could happen, I guess. Yeah, there's so, that there's, there's that distant, distant, I still call bullshit rumor that, you know, Kyrie m- may not resign. I guess that would technically be one of the worst case scenarios. But again, like we, I think, we, I think we, we've called bullshit pretty confidently on that too. So yeah, you're right. I mean, worst case scenario, we, we, we go into this, we enter this next season with more or less the same roster. I'm totally fine with that. I really am. Yeah, no, absolutely. Interesting segue as well. So user in age we trust made a post on Celtics Reddit four hours ago at the time of recording this podcast. He says, Kyrie Irving has repeatedly claimed slash inferred that he will re-sign with Boston. And here are a few times where he showed his intent to re-sign here in Boston. So the first thing is obviously Kyrie's clutch three and screaming, this is our city and pointing emphatically at his jersey. That That's you know obviously fresh in our minds. Prior to that, he was quoted as saying, I have every intention to sign back with Boston. Earlier in the season, he wrote, Boston is the place for me. And prior to the season, that, that big event or whatever at, uh, at TD Garden in front of all the fans, obviously stood up, held the microphone in his, in his hand and, and told all mm-hmm. of Boston, if you guys will have me back, I plan on re-signing here. So in age we trust goes on to say, so next time you hear more, Kyrie Irving won't re-sign in Boston. Nonsense. Just remember, he has given no indication of anything like that. And then he's edited the post and added a few more examples, including the commercial where, like he basically says, my dad is the reason I wear number 11. I want to be the reason no one else will. And it's like, banners above TD Garden and that kind of thing. So, like, along with just sort of saying at the start of the season, sure, I'd really like to re-sign here if you'll have me. He's then gone on to reiterate that multiple times and factoring in what we just talked about, that it's probably just noise made by the Lakers or AD's management that, that Kyrie would uh, that would potentially want to leave Boston. It's, I don't know. It's not something that I'm really at all worried about. No, 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 no. It just goes to show you that, like, the the media will 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 drag any dead horse of a story out if whenever they feel like it, just <laughs> yeah. for, for the sake of like clicks yeah. or for the and sake beat of... the shit out of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, of of course, of course, everyone can change their mind, and everyone's got the right to change their mind. And if for whatever reason he does leave because of something that's happened in the last few months, then like that's completely and utterly possible. But you don't talk like this. You don't act like this. Uh, if 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 you if you genuinely don't know or genuinely want to leave or, or even if you just you're, you're unsure, like I mean, everything that that Kyrie is is saying and everything that he's doing indicates that he's going to be back here. So it feels like the whole story, the whole plan, or the whole plan, the whole story that's being pushed is you know he's a little bit frustrated with the team because they haven't been playing as well, and he calls LeBron. So ergo, he's going back to he's going to to back to LeBron or he's going to the Lakers like I just don't buy it for a second and and yeah the the, the ad the ad one there that he did with his father like uh like he's 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 mocked a bit already for his pseudo intellectualism but shit <laughs> if he was to leave for like if he was to leave like after doing all these things like Jesus Christ like the memes would be out of control so yeah I, it's, it's again it's total bullshit and this is a really good list and a really good post um from in Ainge we trust there so yeah give it a read and absolutely if next time you next time you do hear that noise just yeah think of these examples so the top comment on the post there by Johnny Iso, great name, by the way. Players say stuff like this all the time, and then when it's time to make a decision, anything can happen. Kyrie does seem happy here. He's captaining a winning competitive team, which is what he left Cleveland to do. Mm-hmm. So I guess if anyone, you know, to play devil's avocado here for a second, if anyone has the capacity within themselves to completely go back on, on their, you know, verbal commitment to a team, I, I feel like, like Kyrie Irving is maybe crazy enough to do that. Mm-hmm. But... um. There's just so much evidence to the contrary there. Like, I just really, it would be kind of insane for him to do that. And, like, we have the cap space to to re-sign him to that max contract. It's an extremely good situation in Boston. 
obviously the, the history with his father playing, um, you know, for Boston College, I think it was. The new facilities there um, in terms of the, the Boston Celtics practice facilities. Like, there's just so much positivity going on in, in Boston despite all this AD stuff. So, I don't know. We could talk about it for a while, but there's nothing really else to add there. No, no, no. He's staying. He's staying. Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, all right, so we've got the Knicks game coming up in a couple of days. Saturday here in uh, Australia and Friday night there in the States. Hopefully, we'll have Kyrie Irving back for that. I'm really, really excited to see Kyrie Irving playing under the bright lights there in Madison Square Garden. Do I need to ask you for a prediction here based on how we've been playing so far as to who will win that game? Or any, any, any doubt there at all, Jackson? You can, you can certainly ask me. I'll, well, I'll, 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 certainly, I'll certainly tell you we're going to smash him. Um, <laughs> nah, I mean, it, it, you, you always know within the first... Well, actually, not even the case because we talked about how they can sometimes start slow and then turn on late in the quarter. Look, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing here that suggests that this is a, a trap game. I mean, yeah, sure, we have struggled at madison square garden sometimes you know in the past i remember the michael beasley game last season uh but michael beasley ain't there so uh yeah i i, I see this as a, as a comfortable win with 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 or without Kyrie, i should say um i would also love to see Kyrie come back and, and and ball out but um at the same time if that injury has any chance of you know getting worse you know i've got no problem with him sitting either they'll i feel like they'll manage this game in the way that they need to yeah absolutely um Al Horford. Oh, we've gone through this whole podcast somehow without mentioning Al Horford at all. Um, so, Standard, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he somehow snuck through with a, a really good game. Like, I was just kind of glancing at his stats there, thinking about, like, who might have an amazing game at uh, at Madison Square Garden. And Al Horford, like, 7 for 9 today, plus 19. Obviously, extremely efficient from the field, almost 78%. And then just a litany of stats across the board. Rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. Like, he was just everywhere. So, doesn't really, like... Um, come to mind as like someone who's going to like ball out in, in quotes at Madison Square Garden, but um, yeah. I'm sure he'll have a good game. Uh, we've been fantasizing a bit about like hypothetical potential outcomes. Be great if like Gordon Hayward put up 40, a couple of dunks, maybe posterizes, you know, Enos Cantor or something like that. That'd be, that'd be pretty Hell sweet. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can dream. All right. Anything else you want to add there, uh, Jackson, before we wrap this one up? I don't think so. No, it was a it was a good it was a good win. It was a good win, and uh, yeah, on to the next one. All right, that'll just about do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Thank you all for joining us. Like we said, we've got the Knicks game coming up in a couple of days, and oh yeah, the Super Bowl. Go the Pats! Until then, Jackson, it's been real, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers, man. All right, folks. See you next time. Go Celtics. Peace.